listening to anything, but you're here with us, the Perry Hall Family Worship Center podcast. Today's message is meant to inspire and encourage you. If you have questions about the message or God or faith in general, you can reach out to us at connect at perryhall.life. Thanks again. Great to see everybody here this morning. Where are my young people? I've got the young people upstairs this morning. Here's a few. Neil, you're not young. Nice try. DJ, good morning. River, good morning, guys. Uh, To those of you joining us online, welcome. Good morning. For those of you joining us from our new balcony, good morning up there. I just wanted to see how many of you would look. I I got about five of you. I was expecting more. That joke might have been uh, leaked online. Uh... No, but we decided to have the kids upstairs today. We put a lot of thought into it. And uh, honestly, what the Lord has been working with in me, and uh, yell at me if I'm moving too much, guys. What the Lord has been working with in me, I believe is applicable and timely for us as adults. But I still think it can be understood by the young children and Pastor Josh. So we decided to have everybody together. All right. He knows I love him. Uh, I promise. Nothing spiteful about that joke, <clears throat> but I am glad we're all here together today, and Pastor Dom, I promise that is my last joke before prayer today. So let's pray together before we get started. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for each and every young person and not young person in this service today. Thank you for hearing our worship. Thank you for finding it accepting. Lord, now prepare our hearts to hear from you and do your work in us through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, folks, I want to talk to you today about our purpose in life. Not just your purpose, but my purpose. This is what God has been working with on me, and I believe that it's something that he he could be working with with you as well. But what is our purpose in life? Why are we here? And before I get into God's word, I'd like to just talk about what some secular opinions of purpose in our life. It's very beneficial. I know it. But even the secular world believes that there's a lot of benefits. So I'm going to cite a couple um, articles out of the New England Journal of Medicine, which I'm sure you read every morning like I do. And um, they, they, they published a study in 08 that found that in older adults, if they feel they have a sense of purpose, they are less likely to develop dementia, Alzheimer's, and other types of uh, mental conditions or illnesses. Another study published in 14 found that people reported that having a sense of purpose had a lower risk of death from all causes. This is secular. And in 2019, people with a sense of purpose reported a better, better physical function and lower risk of disability as they age. This is what medical professionals are seeing just from what people have a sense of in their mind. Psychiatrists also see the importance of purpose in life. People with purpose and motivation in their patients, they often see ones that feel stuck, lost, hopeless, But those that have a sense of purpose, something to live for, use it to provide direction, motivation, and a reason to get up in the morning. They also say that people that have purpose in life are more resilient. They're better at bouncing back 
from tragedy or trauma. And they also say that people that have a sense of purpose in life struggle less with depression, anxiety, and other mental health issues or conditions, all from just having a sense of purpose. The last secular opinion I'm going to read is from a, a clinical psychologist, professor, and he makes a couple points pretty often. People that have a clear sense of purpose in life are generally happier, more fulfilled, and more resilient. He also says that finding that purpose often requires grappling with difficult questions like, why am I here? What is my purpose in life? What should I be doing with myself? And he also says that living with purpose involves taking responsibility for our own actions and our own decisions and not blaming outside circumstances for where we are today. That's some secular views on our purpose in life. Now, you and I both know it's nice to know what the secular world is thinking, but us as Christians, we live at a, to a different standard. So we're going to talk about what the Bible says about our purpose and our plan. I'm warning you, I'll walk around a little, and some of this gets me excited. So if I start talking faster, just give me one of these movements, and I'll, I'll slow down a little bit. But countless messages have been, have been preached about purpose. There's whole book series by incredible uh, ministers, evangelists, and pastors. But I've got a little different spin on it today. I'd like to talk about a very simple, very simple purpose that we all have. And I believe it is all of our most important purpose. It is our highest priority. And I know it's there because in Jeremiah, one of my favorite passages in the Old, uh, Old Testament God is talking to his people through Jeremiah and he says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for what? Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a future full of hope. Church, that should be so encouraging to us, we can't contain ourselves. Okay, I'm going to say the same thing and I'm going to say it three different ways. And I want you to take whichever one hits you the most right now. It's the same exact phrase. Are you ready? God has a plan for you. Emphasis on the word you. I'll say it a different way. God has a plan for you. It's got a different meaning, but it's the same sentence. One more, and this is the one that hits me the most. God has a plan for you. The almighty God. This is the one that keeps me up at night sometimes. Okay, he, he's the one and only God. He created the heavens and the earth, right? He parted the Red Seas. He led his people by a cloud of fire. He carved his name into the Ten Commandments. He shattered the walls of Jericho. He came to earth. He, he led a, a sinless life. He died on a cross. He rose from the dead. He conquered death. He conquered the grave. He created a way for me to spend eternity with him. And he's got a plan for me? And that's awesome, and it's humbling at the same time. You can clap for that. <laughs> it's awesome, and it's humbling at the same time. Because who am I? I'm, a, I'm the chiefest of sinners here. I, no, no matter how hard I try, I will never be free from sin. But I will try, because God died for me. 
He did it all for me. I'm so far off my notes, I can't even, I can't find myself. It's all right, all right, I, I appreciate it. In Proverbs chapter 19, oh, Proverbs is always there when you need it. Many are the plans in the mind of man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. God's purpose for you is more important than anybody else's, including your own. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what you think you're worth. I promise you God's plan can surpass all of that. But that's a separate message. Calm me down. Deuteronomy 6.5. This is where I believe our purpose in life is. This is it. And I know it is because Jesus himself referenced it when he was here on earth. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your might, all your soul and all your might. The most important thing. And Jesus said it. When he was asked, they tried to trick him up. He said, this is the most important commandment. Love the Lord with everything. That's it. That's number one. If we, if we could focus on that, we'd be good, right? Well, we all know we're not the best at it. I'll tell you a funny story. You got time for a funny story? My wife, Rindy, was, was preparing for a, a dinner. Family was coming over. I was either um, helping clean the house or napping on the couch. Tomato, tomato. Depends who's telling the story. And um, she announces, oh, no, I'm out of milk. Halfway through the prep of something delicious, I'm sure, she runs out of a key ingredient. And I take that as my cue to grab the keys, jump in the car, and off to be her hero that I, that I always am. And so I have one primary, one goal, one purpose, one objective, 1% milk. That was it. And as I return back, I feel like a knight in shining armor. I came through that door so bold because I carried all nine of bags of groceries in one trip. And I closed the trunk with my foot and I stormed through the door and I dropped down all those, those groceries and all that confidence immediately faded. Guess why? Because my wife turned into a TSA agent, rifling through the bags. And I'm like, what's going on here? And she got to the last bag. What do you think she said? Where's the milk? Man, you guys, you guys are on it. This had to have leaked somewhere. Somebody got this out. Where's the milk? I had one objective and I bombed it. And then I, I have to admit, my first... Uh, my first instinct is not a good one when I'm caught doing something stupid. I don't often do it, but my first instinct is to try to lie my way out of it. It just pops right into my head. Sorry, hon, they were all out of milk. Every cow died. Just, but she's smarter than that. So I, I try to make it better. But hon, I, I got those pretzels you love. And then she's like, I don't love those pretzels. You love them. She was right, of course. And uh, then I tried to, oh, you're so sweet, darling. You know me so well. But by that time, I knew her eyes were rolling, and so were my wheels back to the grocery store <laughs> to get the, the milk. And this time, I promise I'm not going to get distracted. I'm going to stick to my primary objective. It's going to be my highest priority. It doesn't matter if it's two for one on gummy bears. I am focused on absolutely getting that milk because it's my primary objective. And I think that time I got it right on the second try. Um, and Rindy is quick to forgive. Uh, she has been so far for 20 some years. 
Uh, but how much more is God our Father quick to forgive when we forget that, that number one priority we have? Our number one purpose in life, that we, we miss it, but God will always bring us back. And um, that takes me back to God's purpose of, of, of love the Lord your God. What does that mean? Does that mean be prepared? If someone comes up and asks you, do you love the Lord? You say, yes, there, I've achieved my number one objective. I, I don't think it's that simple, guys. I think that it is more of an action involved with that word, love the Lord your God. And how can we love the Lord our God with our actions? I'm going to roll through what I think are three very simple but three very important ways that we show God that we love him every single day. I mean, let's face it, young people, if you, if you meet somebody and you fall head over heels in love and you want to marry that person, you want to take the next step, you don't say, hey, I'm going to commit to you one hour every Sunday for the rest of my life. <laughs> that, at, least, at least it doesn't start that way. It might end that way. But no, you want to give it all. You want to give your everything, right? You want to give 100%. And I know God is working in me as I was preparing for this message. What should I talk about? And it's almost as if he kicks me and says, why don't you talk about what I've been talking to you about? One day a week is not enough. I want more for you. Notice I said the word for you. God doesn't want a relationship with me because I'm so charming. I'm an idiot most of the time. He wants a relationship with me so I can be more like him. And that relationship will benefit me and will benefit you because you've got to put up with me. Right? Am I right? So church, I'm going to lay out these three simple things. I promise my voice is going to stop getting higher. I won't get this excited. Number one is so simple. is communicate with your creator. Prayer is mentioned in the Bible nearly 375 times. Does that strike you as important? That's like one for every day of the year and then some. You mean I'm going to pray more than twice in one day? It's not going to kill you, I promise. Every single day we should be communicating with our creator. As a matter of fact, I'll go one better. What does he say in 1 Thessalonians? Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. Emphasize the word all. It didn't say all good circumstances, all happy circumstances. It says in all. We are to be talking to the Lord. We are to be sharing with him. We are to be taking our, our needs and our hurts and our, our, our despair. Take it to him. Next, we'll jump to the second thing that we can do. To show God that we love him every day. Dive into his word. In Psalms 1-3, it lays it out pretty simple. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. Can you honestly tell me? This is God asking me. Can you honestly tell me that you're meditating on my word day and night? That means reading it, reading it again and again and memorizing it and dissecting it and trying to understand it better day and night. Let me tell you something with these first two points. 
If you're willing to invest in communicating with God and spending time in his word, it's better than any investment you could possibly imagine here on earth. You see, spending time in God's word is like, is like putting money in the bank, but still being able to spend it whenever you want. It's still there. And not only that, spending time in the word of God doesn't just benefit you. It benefits everybody around you. You see, when you're down, when you're in despair, when you're in need, you can turn to the word of God that's in here. But guess what? When your loved ones are hurting, when, when they're sad, when they're depressed, when they're anxious, those words of God can come pouring out of you. It's the gift that never stops giving. In 2 Timothy, everybody knows this, when all scripture is breathed out of God, for profit, for teaching, for reproof, profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness. Breathed out of God. You know what I picture when I read that verse? I picture being so close to God that I can feel his breath on me. That's close. If any of you in here have kids, you ever woken up to that? That's close. That's uncomfortably close. Kids, I said feel his breath, not smell his breath. That would be weird, okay? That's an existentially weird thing to say. But to be so close to God, let me tell you something. If you're standing so close to God, can anything hurt you? I mean, if you could reach out and touch him, would you be afraid of anything? Church, we, we aren't made to be afraid of anything. Our purpose in life is to be bold and be strong, not be fearful. And maybe some of the times we're fearful because we forget or we're not as close to him as we thought we were. Maybe in order to combat that, we could spend more time in his word. In John, he actually promises that if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you could ask whatever you desire and it shall be done for you. Anything you desire. Now, kids, don't, don't get crazy about that one. It doesn't mean I can ask for a helicopter and it's just going to appear. Because God knows that if you abide in him and he in you, the closer you get, the more you develop the mind of Christ. The more he knows that what you desire is going to be something that you should desire. Something that you deserve or, or, or he doesn't mind giving you. Not some crazy $2 million sports car just because you saw one on TV. But as, as we get closer to God, we develop the mind of God. But if we never pick up his word, we're never going to get there. No matter how good the preaching is in this building, and today it's pretty good, I'll say. No matter how good it is, it's not enough. Because God wants to do a work in you. He wants to do a work in me too. And the last thing I think we need to focus on in order to show God that we love him is to resist sin at all costs. Always, constantly, eternally, Resist sin every day, every minute of every day. In Matthew, it says, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. I can promise you the flesh is weak. No matter what you think about yourself, your flesh is weak. And sometimes we sin without even knowing it. It's in our nature. That means, just like I said in my story, my first instinct is to lie my way out of something. It's because it's in my nature. That came through sin in the garden. 
And then John 14, 21, he said, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my father. And I too will love them and show myself to them. Church, God will love you for keeping his commandments. His word is his commandments. And I don't know if anybody's ever, ever told you this, but did you know God's commandments aren't for him? They're not so that he gets benefit from it. God gave commandments for us. He says, live by these commandments. We will benefit from them. Not him, he doesn't need us. I mean, if he wanted to, he could look at us like ants in an ant farm. He doesn't have to care. He doesn't have to love. He didn't have to die, but he did. And he gave us commandments so that we could live a healthier life. So that we could live a fuller life. So that we could live a rewarding life full of purpose. That's why he gave his commandments. That's why he gave the Bible. And how must his heart break when I spend hours scrolling on my cell phone, but I hadn't picked up my Bible that day. I could kick myself just thinking about it. But it happens to all of us, doesn't it? You better amen to that. You amen to everything else. Come on. <laughs> Give me a complex. I want to talk to you about quickly some things that get in the way of me. And you can insert things that you feel like get in your way sometimes of those three. Stubbornness, laziness, pride, envy, anger, hatred, physically tired. You insert whatever excuse you want. Some excuses are more valid than others. Some of us in here have suffered horribly. Some of us have had tragic events that set us back. Some of us uh, uh, deal with things uh, physically that are much harder than the rest of us. But I'm here to tell you this morning, God's prepared for that. And Paul said in 2 Corinthians that he pleaded with the Lord to take it away from him, his affliction. Now the Bible doesn't talk about the affliction. They don't tell you what it was. But Paul pleaded that it would be gone. And because we don't know what it was, guess what? We get the benefit of maximum application. Insert whatever you think is holding you back right there. Okay? And listen, and listen to what he says. God says, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in your weakness. So no matter what's holding you back, whether it's something physical, whether it's something emotional, whether it's just a sin... Our weakness, God can be made strong. And he will do it every time. All we got to do is ask. All we got to do is reach out. This is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, Paul says, in the insults, in the hardships, in the persecution, in the difficulties. For I am weak, but then I am made strong. My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Church, God's grace is sufficient for you. It's enough for you. And I want to tell you something. There's three quick things that I, that I like to ask myself each day. I've got it written on a note card, and I encourage you to do something like it. I ask myself three questions every day. How did I show God that I loved him today? 
Sometimes it's a blank piece of paper. I, I, I flubbed it. I missed my primary objective. Number two, how did I show God's love to someone else today? Because God said that's our second most important objective, right? And then on the back, I have written what got in my way. What stopped me from showing God's love or showing someone's God love? My primary purpose in life, what stopped me from doing it? Church, it's fitting this is Pentecost Sunday. When we talk about how we show God we love him, we talk about praying, we talk about reading the word, we talk about spending time in his presence. We talk about how do we show people that we love them by praying for them, by reading them the word, by sharing God with them. But if you're in this room and you say, I'm weak at that, it's not really my strength. I just want to encourage you here on Pentecost Sunday that you have the power for that. In Acts 1.8, I memorized it when I was 12 years old, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you shall be my witnesses. Let me tell you something. These people were in a room and, 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 and Jesus showed up and said, the Holy Spirit is coming and these people received their power. That's when the church received their marching orders. We had that, they had that power now, and we have that power today. All we have to do is ask for it. Church, ask the Holy Spirit to, to, uh, ask to be baptized by the Holy Spirit. Ask for his power, and then buckle down and share God's love with other people. As I come to a close here, I've gone a little over my time. I want to encourage you this morning. Don't miss out on your primary purpose in life, and it's to love God. Spend time in his word every day. Speak to him every day and resist sin every single day. As the praise team plays and we prepare to close out, there's going to be some prayer warriors up here at the front this morning. They're prepared to help you. They're prepared to listen to you, encourage you. But if you leave here with nothing else today, know that God is telling me, Ryan Corelli, to spend more time in his word, to spend more time in prayer and resist sin every single day. And I believe he's saying it to you too. And I hope you take it with you as something that is to, to dwell on. I hope the Holy Spirit continues to work in you and give you power and give you clarity and give you purpose. I want everybody to leave here with a little more purpose than they had before they came in this morning. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for each and every person here, for each and every heart, for each and every salvation story, for each and every individual message and purpose in this house today. Holy Spirit, give us the strength and the power to honor God with our words and our actions, to spend more time in the word, to spend more time in prayer, to spend more time ministering to the people around us. Lord, help us to fulfill our purpose. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. That does it for this episode of the Perry Hall Family Worship Center podcast. We're so glad you were here. And if you want to know more about our church, you can find us at perryhall.life. Don't forget to subscribe, like, comment, follow, wherever you're listening, whatever that looks like. We're glad to have you.